Welcome to As Seen on Internet, episode 16, the show that brings you the tech news you need to know, as well as the most amazing internet we can find. My name is Ben Foster, and with me, as always, is... I'm Mitt And coming up on today's show, uh, we will talk about where to find your next Halloween costume. We'll get ways to beat the random price changes that will occur on airlines using Google. And finally, take a look at how Google is fact-checking all the craziest stuff we've seen on the internet. Uh, so, Amit, how have you been, my friend? Enjoying the Cubs during this postseason? Uh, praying for a victory tonight. <laughs> Absolutely praying. Mid, last, win right? Were you watching social last night? Last night was the, um, as we record, last night was the devastating 6-0 loss that, going against Rich Hill that we are supposed to, to read. Were you watching social last night as that was happening? What were your friends saying? Um, it was mostly, I would say, as the game progressed, it was a lot of... Uh, anticipation, yeah. kind of pregame, yeah. you know, a lot of positivity. Yeah. Maybe around like the fifth or sixth inning, yeah. uh, it was kind of downhill. It's like, <laughs> the, yeah, people, you know, they didn't, social wasn't a thing really, except for Friendster when, um, the infamous game six of the 2003 NLCS when Bartman, Bartman caught it, but it feels like just the atmosphere felt like everybody gave up. We're only yeah. down to one. I and know. We have we amazing pictures left. Right back in it. Absolutely. So, all right. So let's go, Cubs. Uh, although some of you may be listening to this laughing uh, at us, <laughs> knowing what happens next. Um, but let's start off uh, with first an important announcement. Um, we're going to start moving all the show notes over to uh, Medium. I'm going to start posting stuff there and having a, a nice little thing there. Uh, what amazing handle uh, were we able to uh, score? Somehow we were able to get the internet. The internet, yes. <laughs> so our username on Medium is going to be the internet, uh, which might, besides my Gmail address, which is my first and last name, might be my most amazing internet score. Still not as good as your Twitter handle, which is AW. AW is pretty freaking That's amazing. The best. <laughs> Literally the best. <laughs> but we're now uh, medium uh, backslash at the internet. Uh, where we'll put all the show notes up there as well as other uh, recommendations and, and good things that go on there. First, let's jump into product hunts. Product hunts. Is uh, they, this is getting bigger and bigger? It's getting man. better and better. Their recommendations are getting so much. Yeah, better. yeah. I got finally a couple a couple months ago off product hunt. There was a uh, this travel pillow. It was funded on Kickstarter and it kind of works like a massage chair where you put your yeah yeah. Talked about I saw it. it in your office. Oh, uh, it's amazing. It sprung a hole and I was so sad because I love this thing, but the, the hole's really tiny, so it like gradually loses air so you can get about 10 minutes of sleep and then all of a sudden there's a huge crick in your neck um but it was it's been my favorite product hunt find ever and then uh right away i reached back out to the people and they're sending me a free one uh and product hunt finds a whole bunch of cool stuff that people are, are building out there what have you seen recently on this amazing website admit that has caught your eye product hunt um typically i don't go for the super high-end pens um, but this one caught my eye. Pens, like pens. Oh yeah, yeah, like a writing instrument. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, dude, this, I'm using like whatever ten cent thing I can. Yeah, find. exactly. It's like I find it on the floor. Yeah. I'll pick it up. Um, this one is the Mont Mont Blanc augmented paper. It's a great accent there. Yeah. So this is augmented augmented paper. paper. Yeah. So um, Mont Blanc is basically they're selling a notebook, mm -hmm. um, a kind of. It's a real notebook. There's yeah. physical paper, a real pen, yeah. it has ink in it. But whatever you write in the notebook uh, gets automatically transferred to your digital device, be it huh. your phone, your iPad, whatever. Like is a like a PNG or a JPEG or it, it can be you can be either. So huh. it can be like your actual writing mm -hmm. um, in in your if you're writing in cursive, it can yeah. be transferred over to a, a as an image, cool. or it gets. 
uh, actually like OCR. Yeah, it gets yeah. OCR into um, a kind of searchable cool. text as well. Huh. Um, so it was really cool. It's six hundred and eighty dollars. Yikes! So it's not cheap. Do you think? By it, any means. I believe Mont Blanc to be a premium purveyor of pens. It's a good, it's a good tongue twister. <laughs> uh, do you think that six eighty price is? Are you paying for the brand there, or do you think there's six hundred and eighty bucks of tech in there? Uh, I think you're probably paying a bit for the pen, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. But you're also paying for, I mean, you have to be paying for a bit of the tech there. It's yeah. pretty cool technology. Yeah. Because um, there is a definite difference in kind of writing on a tablet yeah. versus actually writing on a piece of paper. And it's hard to describe, yeah. but like yeah. some people just can't do it on no. a tablet. And yeah. it's as easy. You write something on there and then you just like press a button right to the right of the notepad huh. and then it automatically gets transferred over. That's crazy. Um, we'll see. I mean, I think it's kind of a neat little thing. Um, we'll see if it actually gets, uh, gets picked up. Did you try the stylus on iPad? I when tried, you um, there's been actually the, I have noticed in the last iPhone, yeah. um, there's a, in iMessages, um, there's a way to, to just write with your finger and that I, huh. I was shocked how accurate and how nice it was to yeah. write with my finger. Yeah. There's somewhere like you have to write like your signature on like square or something yeah. and it's horrible. Like it never gets it right. And yeah. you look like you're writing like a five year old, yeah. but yeah. on iMessage, I was able to actually like write in real cursive and it, I could read it. Yeah. That was like pretty impressive. What awesome. about you? Have you tried the stylus? Uh, no, only I, <laughs> When I got one for my Android tablet, and um, the best use case I got out of it was to... I play a video game called Hearthstone. It's like a card game. The best use case was to make it easier to kind of move the cards around. <laughs> it was, I have notoriously awful handwriting. Was, gosh, I think I was a junior in high school, and high school, and I was taking you know, AP honors classes on that stuff. My English teacher sent me back to remedial handwriting because it was so it was humiliatingly embarrassing to do it. So I'm not, I'm not able to write well. Thank God for computers. Right. <laughs> what about you, Ben? What have you seen? All right. Podcast? So this was cool. This was um, it's called Facebook Design. Uh, the URL is Facebook Design, and what they did it was um, it was kind of like a giving back to the community of the Facebook design community. So you can kind of see it. I think that what they do is they're out there writing articles, videos, resources, stuff from Facebook designers who have some of the best design in the world, frankly, um, on, on how they uh, are going about doing things. So uh, you go there right now, there's um, a whole bunch of elements on iOS 10. Uh, one of the cool stories on there is uh, this was written by, um, uh, Caitlin Winner, who is a design manager, um, she talks about how they changed the Facebook friends icon. Hmm. So it was just like this whole kind of, it, it was this really nice medium post about how they changed an icon. And the icon looks kind of subtle, um, but it is kind of just like this really nice uh, kind of story about how to do it. Uh, there was also a really good post about uh, that I think a student made on a do-it-yourself design education where you can build your own design curriculum without going to design school. Now, I have, I always joke, I have 16 and a half years of PowerPoint experience and I'm probably the worst PowerPoint (laughs) person there. That's all I've done. My whole life is build PowerPoints and it's, I can't design them for for crap. So just this idea of being able to learn kind of like the basics of design, something I probably won't do for a full-time job. 
uh, that's kind of out there that's really cool. There's also plugs as they go on there about how um, to you know, how to get a job at Facebook, what it's like to work there, kind of just like this nice thing to do it. But all these posts are really kind of good mm-hmm. thought pieces, your, your typical medium style post um, about how they did it. And here's a really cool one about how they designed uh, reactions. And so it's just this really nice uh, collection of hearing from the designers and the people inside uh, Facebook. To ha- it's probably not every, not something that you normally think about. Like I wouldn't think about, um, you know, all the work it took to change the Facebook friends icon. And right. looking back, I was like, what is it? Wait, what did it look like before? Yeah. And I'm seeing the before and after, and I'm like, man, this is like the tiniest little change yeah. to a non-designer. And you're like, yeah. oh, this is not that big of a deal. Yeah. But I'm sure in the design community that probably went through iteration upon iteration upon yeah. iteration and yeah. we did A-B testing. And, yeah. You, you know. think like how many people, with Facebook touches over a billion people a day in all parts of the world at all different income levels, education levels, their design has to be ridiculously tip top in order mm-hmm. to remain that sticky and, and reach that many people. So, um, although, you, you know, you go to Facebook and you don't look at it as this paramount of design, but the way they've just been able to bring it all uh, together is really, really cool. It's a nice little... It has to go design. across, you know, when you talk about the billions of people, it has to go across language barriers too. I yeah. mean, the, the reactions, I think, is a really good example of that type of design. Yeah. I mean, if you think about, you know, reactions that we may have, you know, in this country, some may not be totally appropriate or may not even yep. be understandable yep. in other countries. Yep. So pretty yep. interesting. Um, there was nothing, I didn't put it on our product ton of the week, but it was a similar effort by Disney um, where it's called Disney open source. Mm-hmm. Did you see this? Yeah. So they um, put, they made a, a GitHub, um, disney.github.io, uh, GitHub being a place where you can social network for code, where you can learn from others and then share your work. And it is a whole bunch of designers, uh, artists, video people who put all their code out there from Disney, all their open source projects um, uh, to go out there to do it. And they have, you know, a nice little URL over to their site uh, to go do it. So this kind of, I love this idea of having experts opening up more uh, inside their company mm-hmm. and showing what's on there. So. Let's move from uh, cool product hunts we saw to some amazing internet. Uh, what's been kind of the, kind of the best internet you've seen uh, this week? What, what people are doing building out there? Well, it's hard to escape um, any of the political talk yeah. we are getting you know, in 20 the, more days? How yeah, days? something 20? like that. Yeah. Probably, I think even less than that, maybe. Yeah. You know, we're in primetime political season right now. We have, the debate is actually tonight. That's right. Um, and there was an awesome piece of content that um, the, our, our friends up north, the Canadians, put out. Um, and it was, tell America it's great. So <laughs> playing off of Donald Trump, make America great again. Was this, um, just a, was this sponsored by anything? No, it was like a Canadian... A bunch um, of Canadians? Yeah, it was a Canadian, like, uh, governmental agency. Oh, okay. Uh, and it was a um, an, uh, an ad agency that put it out up there just yeah. as kind of a creative spec thing. And, um, you know, it was, it was hilarious. You know, you, we get so, um, you know, embroiled in, like, the latest political talk yeah. and, and kind of fear-mongering that goes out. It, it was so funny to see... You know, the, the Canadians saying, you know, how great America is. You know, we have the greatest national parks, um, yeah. you know, all the stuff that we do for humanitarian aid efforts. So it was actually watching it. We were like, yeah, we are pretty great, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was like a nice pep talk, like uh, <laughs> at halftime from a coach. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, we're all beating each other up. There's, gosh, the... 
uh, I don't know how many friends you're down this election, but I've uh, had to defriend a couple people. I'm sure a couple of people have defriended me. Um, we're just beating each other up as a country, right? And it's right. so nice to get this kind of uh, breath of fresh air in there. It's pretty cool. Uh, ben, what did you see? Um, so what I went to, uh, this is, I'm gearing up for Halloween right now, uh, trying to figure out what I'm going to be. And uh, there is this really cool site called carboncostume.com, like carbon copy, carbon, C-A-R-B-O-N, costume.com. And so what this site does, I think it was originally built for uh, cosplayers, people who go to conventions and, and dress up in costumes. And what they allow you to do is uh, they kind of make it a, a do-it-yourself do guide uh, for cosplay and Halloween. Um, so you can search for characters, you can search by show, you can search by you know all these different uh, kind of you know, books, advertisements, memes, all this different stuff that's on there. And then they show you the costume and then also give you very specific links either to you know Amazon or other um, other websites that are on there of how you can buy this thing and put it together. Um, so one I was on right now is Dustin Henderson, who is on, uh, he was the character um, on the amazing show Stranger Things. Uh, he was the guy that wore the, the trucker hat um, that had this speech impediment. <laughs> and um, he was uh, he was at one of my favorite kids in the show. I absolutely love this dude. And it has all six of these pieces, a logo t-shirt, uh, a wig, jeans, his little back backpack that is all right there, kind of listed out to look. Um, so you can kind of go out there and see all this cool stuff. There's, you know, Harley Quinn, Mr. Meeseeks uh, from Rick and Morty, all these different things out there. Uh, that you can go to do it. So it's kind of a nice way. You know, usually you, you get that idea of what you want to be and it takes forever to kind of Google around and find for things. But uh, kind of here's here's a nice way. I looked on this site. What are the top Halloween costumes oh. of 2016? And they have that. They have like a list going on. Yeah, they have a list of going on. Huh. They have the, the top 15 here. Yeah, I might need to change. Um, the, as bad as the movie was, there are quite a few Suicide Squad. Oh, really? Did you uh, see them? I did not see the movie, yeah, but... Just, I heard it was bad. I just heard it was horrible. <laughs> uh, number one, Harley Quinn. Really? Yeah. And uh, number four, Joker. Which <laughs> so, so, uh, New Joker, right? New Joker yeah. from, from Suicide yeah, oh, gotcha, Squad. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. yeah, and then Deadshot's in there, too. Oh, so nice. there you go. Nice, that's awesome. So if you need a Halloween costume... Uh, like we all do. Um, it, and they were cheap too, man. That was the funny thing about it is that I think this Dustin one was I mean, relatively cheap, but I, I like under 50 bucks to kind of piece it together. You don't have to get everything exactly, but if you just need, I think the trucker hat that Dustin wore was like three bucks or something, <laughs> right? So it was kind of a really, really cool way to get that. All right, uh, let's get on to the news and the current events and what's happening in tech. So, um, so you were at a conference yeah. the last couple of, couple of days. Yeah, I've had, I've had three virtual reality events in the past three weeks. It's, it's been kind of absolutely everywhere. And I saw this great quote from uh, Scott Monty. Uh, Scott Monty was formerly Ford's uh, chief social guy, and now he does his own gig. One of my favorite people in the field. Um, has a really great kind of podcast and a really great weekly recap. And he was kind of recapping the news about Twitter. And Twitter was being... Um, you know, people were going after them for investments. We saw their stock rise, all this sort of stuff, and then a bunch of people pulled out. And in that news, he declared that the social wars are over, right? Like this whole thing that we've been talking about the last five or six years is, is Facebook going to win? Is blah, blah, blah going to win? The, the kind of argument now is that 
all this stuff is kind of over. Facebook's here, YouTube's here, you know, there's the up and comers, Snapchat and Instagram. But the next war is going to be fought over virtual reality, over technology, over artificial intelligence, and over augmented reality. And man, I'll tell you, I will never get tired of seeing somebody's face the first time they put on a virtual reality headset. It's my favorite. Oh, it's my favorite it's thing in the world. Like, and it's, yes, and it's you know it, a couple years ago when Google Glass came out and we were able to get it. And we showed everybody. Everybody's like, oh, oh, that's cool. And then you're like, well, this is still years off. You put this on and everyone just just kind of goes nuts over it. Wow, this is amazing. They say, or, or, or can you see this? And so um, last week, uh, Ketchum, uh, our employers, uh, we we became one of the uh, we're on the board of the VR Society, uh, which is a collection of uh, entertainment um, game producers, developers, brands, uh, agencies, all coming together. Uh, to figure out how um, do we create this stuff, how do we monetize it, and how do we kind of leverage the potential of what it is. So it was uh, on the lot of Paramount Studios. And some of the coolest things that it was on the day that Sony released the uh, Sony PlayStation VR. So I got a chance to try that one. It was really cool. It was just a um, um, just a very linear experience where you're inside a musical video of, uh, I think, I, shame on me for not knowing the band. I think they were called Kaigon. Uh, I don't know. I'm not with it anymore. It was it was uh, with some electronic dance music thing, um, but Will I Am gave an, an introduction, uh, and one of the things he said is like it used to be artists would say, "My CD is dropping, my new track is dropping." He's like, it's getting to the point where I want to say, "My new world is dropping," and everything they create, artists of all types, not just music producers, but uh, you know, visual artists or, or movie artists, are now going to put you inside the experience. Um, so the big thing out there was still uh, Oculus, was, uh, which is the Facebook company, is getting ready to launch their controls. Mm-hmm. And here at you know, Ketchum, when we looked at our VR, we got the HTC Vive uh, because we wanted those controls, right? right. They, they're so cool, aren't they, when you, right. when you, when you hold on to them? And yeah, I mean, you actually feel like the controls are with you in the experience, yeah. you know? It's, it's the it's the latency. It's the latency of it. Yeah, yeah. It's very quick. Very responsive. So yep. um, even when you're you're seeing the vi- a digital manifestation of yeah. it in the you know in the experience, it doesn't feel unnatural to yeah. you. Um, especially when you were doing like the um, when you're doing tilt brush. Yeah, tilt brush example. the Google app that allows you to, to kind of paint around in 3D. Yeah, I mean it. It feels totally natural. Yeah. It feels like you're actually holding like a. Yeah. Um, you know, a paintbrush in, in your swat in your color swatches. Yeah, yeah. So I took um, uh, we took them up to New York. We set up a couple stations uh, when our global sh- leadership uh, meeting uh, was up there. We set up a couple stations and just had everybody play it from all different functions across our all organizations. We had some of our clients on it, and um, we demoed three that I think we're, we're really into. We love the Google paintbrush, getting people to draw around. Um, the other popular one was the Vincent Van Gogh or Van Gogh. Uh, however you choose to pronounce it, I'll just say Van Gogh for, for right now. Uh, the Vincent Van Gogh one where you walk around inside one of his paintings and the whole thing is stylized as one of his paintings. That It's called the Night Cafe. And then um, the other one that was absolutely insane uh, was the game was called Rec Room. And so you are in a multiplayer environment uh, with other people. You're kind of like dropped into a chat room, but in VR. And you can see okay. people and play with them. And you this can actually see like their avatar avatar yeah avatar representations of it um so it was you create your avatar it's really fun before you go out into the room you get to play around with all the different hats 
Uh, and then we were, even though we were in rooms right next to each other, we played this paddle ball game with the other person. And it was in, it, you think you put these things on and you're by yourself, but it's a surprisingly social experience mm. to be able to play with other people. And then did you see the video that, uh, Zuckerberg did a couple weeks ago? Yeah. With the Oculus. Yeah. Avatars. Yeah. I mean, that's taking it up the level, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, that was, it's, it's. A cross between kind of virtual and augmented. Yeah. The video that we saw. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, I mean, that was just absolutely mind blowing when you can actually kind of actually see almost a visual representation of yep. somebody's face, really interactive, really social. Yep. Yep. It was it was so cool to see that it, the masks you could see when a person registered surprise on their face, the mask would kind of pick that up and the avatar that was represented would, would display that reaction too, which made it really funny. Uh, he was able to mix reality. That's becoming, um, this new term is mixed reality, uh, which was part virtual reality and then part augmented reality, this mixed reality together. Um, and Mark was able to, um, uh, bring his wife in through a live video call on there with the, the people that are in there. It was crazy. Um, so the the big things that were being you know, that I saw this VR on the lot conference, um, we saw Time, uh, the publisher, started to do a lot of stories. So the famous one is the New York Times Syrian refugee, where you can be in the middle of the crisis. But they had a demo for uh, it was with Buzz Aldrin, and they made a holographic representation of Buzz Aldrin. Then and you were standing on the moon next to the lunar rover, so he would like kind of tell you, and you would like look around, and he'd tell you, you about that in space, and then he outlined his plan. He's like, "Here's how we're going to get to Mars," and he outlined. I didn't understand the physics of it, but he outlined this plan of how you're going to get to Mars, and so it's Buzz Aldrin telling you how he thinks we're going to get to Mars. So that was kind of more like a 360 video experience. It was, yes, uh, three. It was on rails, so to say. It was like one linear experience where he was talking to you. It was not. A video. It was a hologram of Buzz Aldrin, so okay. it definitely looked holographic. If that so the treatment looked holographic. yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay. a good way to say. It. But uh, the moon was the digitally represented uh, version of the moon. But it was just this, excuse me, kind of really cool experience uh, being able to do it. Uh, the big game. There was a game called Robot Recall. That was what Facebook was going with. Um, really hard to do there um, on how like you fight robots and stuff it was the, the line it was the longest line i mean this was nice because it was a small kind of exclusive right. event uh but the line was usually like 45 minutes for that um just it was really really neat to do um one of the things that came out is um this idea of what's going to win is it going to be augmented reality or virtual reality so tim cook uh said this big thing about augmented reality what was he talking about there yeah i mean he was basically saying that how virtual reality you step into a, a completely different world yeah. right and it's it has to be kind of scripted for you yeah whereas augmented reality is is the one where it gives you gives us so much more potential yeah in terms of um actually providing uh more useful benefits to yeah. us right um where so explain like i'm five ar versus vr so maybe some of our families listen right now. Explain like I'm fine. AR versus VR. Yeah, so virtual reality VR is when you are completely transported into another environment. So like, you know, when you're talking about I'm now on Mars, yep. right? So you are transported. Think about it like you are watching a movie Perfect. that you might be able to like interact with. Gotcha. Right? Augmented reality AR is looking at the actual world around you and 
kind of changing or adding pieces um, that that you can interact with, Perfect. for example. So, like, the Microsoft was kind of one of the first, um, I would say, maybe real players um, in the AR space um, with their HoloLens yep. last yep. year. So they were kind of demoing what the future could be utilizing Microsoft HoloLens and yep. Windows 10 to kind of virtually interact with items in uh, utilizing these headsets. They both have headsets on, um, whether you're in VR or AR, yep. um, at least in, in the HoloLens uh, perspective. That's cool. That's cool. So Tim Cook says AR is bigger. And that, so what I'm trying to figure out is this Tim Cook thinking it's bigger for Apple or thinking <laughs> it's bigger for humanity. You know, I, yeah. Apple's made some good, pretty good bets on what they think is better for humanity the headphone jack not being one of them, but the uh, <laughs> but other ones that are on there. So I'm just trying. I'm trying to think if this was like a, a spin by him, or if we really think uh, AR uh, will be big or not. And that's when I saw this post uh, by Robert Scoble. So Robert Scoble, was, well, I spent a bunch of places. He was formerly of uh, Rackspace. Um, he was their chief evangelist there. Now he works for a company called Upload VR, and they are creators. And he is, uh, I think, he's their entrepreneur in residence. Really smart dude. Uh, always love listening to him on podcasts, reading his posts. And he had this post on Facebook uh, that went by this. Now, this is just reporting on somebody's Facebook post. I have no idea if any of these rumors are, are true, uh, but here's what he says. He says, I have more on iPhone 8. He says, I just had a source that I trust tell me that it is a clear piece of glass with the computer in a strip on the bottom. All right, so just like imagine that this will, viewers, hold up your, listeners, hold up your iPhone here. You have in your hand your iPhone. Imagine maybe the bottom one-fourth of it is the, the computer. It's solid dark. Uh, it is on there. It has your home button. Now imagine that top part is a clear piece of glass. You hold that up to your environment, your living room, whatever. You can see straight through your phone into the couch that is across the way. Now, when you turn on the thing, that clear piece of glass becomes a computer screen, right? Like much how you've, you've probably seen computers in the middle of windows or whatever. You can now hold it up there. So you could still make a phone call, swipe, do all those things. But you could also see how it would be transparent. And you hold it up to that very same living room. And instead of seeing a web browser or your phone, you can now transform various aspects of your living room. You can get information on where that couch was made. You could maybe mock move stuff around the room. <laughs> It's, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. what an innovation that I would mean, be, right? The biggest barrier to AR and all of these types of uh, of apps um, with your phone was that you had to download an app yeah. in order to use it. Yep. And, and it always, would run through your camera. It's not really... Yeah, and it would run through your camera. It was yeah. just like a very clunky experience. If you could just hold up your phone yeah. natively, yeah. I mean... Now you're starting to really it's see crazy. more of the benefits. Of, I mean, it's of kind of Microsoft HoloLens was that visor where you could see through it. It was transparent. Right. And then just put that extra layer on there. Right. But if we're all carrying this around in our pocket, it's insane. Crazy. Right? <laughs> so um, we know it. That is a rumor. That is uh, pure rumors that I saw from somebody who, who knows a lot, who works in the industry. But you combine that with what Cook said and just... The idea of being able to hold up a piece of glass and having that be that screen on your, your AR is absolutely insane. So anyways, uh, Robert goes on to say, now all my timelines move up. And he's saying that we're getting that mixed reality in 2017, which yeah. would that be the next cycle of iPhones? Uh, it should be, yeah. They yeah. just released that. 6S yeah. of the 7. Yeah. Gosh, and they might do 7. They might do a 7S, yeah. but yeah. we'll see. But still, oh, it'll be absolutely insane. Other news. Uh, we've talked about Apple a lot. What, what are some of the other players doing? 
Yeah, so Google made a big announcement last week, and we'll talk a little bit more about the hardware piece of it. Um, but they are getting way deeper into artificial intelligence, and um, you know we're seeing a lot of that as uh, you know as you mentioned, Ben, about kind of the next waves of things that are going to be coming. So AR, VR are big. AI is going to be probably you know as big, if not bigger now. Yeah, and you're seeing this kind of play across all of Google's products now, yeah. and they're going to be releasing new products too. So this one is um, Google Flights. So uh, for a while now, you've been able to search Google for hotels mm-hmm. and flights and prices and um, fare predictors have you know long been you know around and you know maybe have been working uh, not so great or you know a, a, maybe a little bit better for some people. Um, but those are those are nothing new. Um, but what Google has done is they are now taking a flight that you have searched for, and you can turn on, huh. show me um, flight alert updates, basically, price change updates. Yeah. So they take all of the people that are well, searching. There it is. Oh, that, go ahead. Yeah, they take all the people that are searching for, you know, specific flights, and um, they'll, huh. they'll send you an alert based on when they think a... Um, a movement in price. So it's predictive. Yeah, it's predictive. So they say, you should probably book at this price because we think it's going to change in the next three hours, for example. So now you can kind of, it always seemed kind of random if you were like waiting out on a, on a flight option. But now Google is now giving you some more information on um, how to, you know, when to best book that flight. So it's kind of a really useful tool, especially if you have, you know, um, you know, the, an Android phone and you have Google uh, Now um, already incorporated, or if you have an iPhone, if you have the Google app, um, these alerts will yeah. pop up automatically for you now. So, so it's, like it's the just-in-time yeah. information that, yeah. that Google's trying to give you. So this was interesting how they have it displayed. It's at the top nav bar, so right where you would search for, there would be the news or the images or the apps up there at the top. I searched Flight for Los Angeles, and a new menu item pops up that says Flights. Hmm. And then it becomes like a nice little browser for it. Dude, it's 127 round trip to Los Angeles right now. Wow. It's insane. That's <laughs> absolutely insane. <laughs> um, but that, that's cool. And then you yeah, set all the different things, airlines, and you can show uh, the things that go in and around there. That's really, really cool um, to kind of put those things on there. Well, what else did you see, Ben? I saw this cool article. This was a website called Pointer uh, Reporting, P-O-Y-N-T-E-R was the one that they're they're reporting on it. And they were talking about how the Wall Street Journal is making changes to their newsroom to adapt to digital more. And Wall Street Journal has done a pretty good job. It um, always makes me upset when I have to get through their firewall uh, to do it because their content is amazing. Um, and this was a, an internal memo that Pointer got their hands on. And, and they said the following things that are on there. Uh, said, for all reporters and editors, writing must come into sharper focus. Uh, we write many excellent stories, but in total, every day we write too many long stories and aren't nearly as creative enough about how to tell stories in ways that engage our readers. So here, yeah. I, I mean, I love their long form articles, but they've yeah. just come into this recognition that they kind of uh, uh, need to adapt. And so they're breaking uh, their editorial op- or editing operations in to, to two groups. There's a digital desk and a print desk um, that are being kind of just run by two uh, different editors uh, to go on there. The other thing that they, they, they put in there that I 
found really interesting because obviously they have a tremendous amount of metrics to show it. Uh, they are saying that they are now going to focus on producing higher quality stories earlier in the day. So they're going to get something they saw. I don't know if I'm trying to figure out if that is indicative of the internet population as a whole, or is it uh, their audience in particular reads the journal in the morning? Yeah. I mean, if you just think about kind of how people are consuming content now, no. if you have more people taking public transportation, you have yep. more people probably reading news, you know, on their digital devices yep. during their commutes. So, I mean, it makes sense. Yep. Right? Yep. So moving out there, they're going platform agnostic in their approach to news presentations. So they are going to, one of the other things that I've been advocating for years and I'm starting to see pop up more is just this idea to hyper-personalize news. Like your news is going to be broken apart. It's not just going to be a story. It's going to be broken apart and then reassembled by an algorithm, by a platform that knows how to present the news to you in the best way possible. So they're kind of moving towards that with this platform agnostic approach uh, to news presentation. All their stories will be kind of pieced uh, in pieces that you can piece together, as well as a complete design, uh, redesign of the print edition. Um, so big changes coming to you know, one of most all of ours. I remember, gosh, I remember being 19 and getting my first subscription to the Wall Street Journal. They offer this amazingly ridiculous cheap rate uh, for, for college kids and, and being able to get it uh, and seeing it there. So it's, it's been great, but it's uh, kind of cool how they're seeing how they have to with that. Yeah. I mean, you're now, even today, um, you know, we saw the New York times, uh, they, they named AG Salzberger as their deputy publisher. Oh, cool. And he is um, basically the man responsible for getting New York times into all of the digital fronts. Huh. So you're seeing, He's now basically taking over the New York Times, and it's the guy that led them, you know, into the digital space. So they're going to be even heavier into that too. So, cool, kind of good timing there. <laughs> well, uh, one of the things I like about them is just all their stories are ridiculously well. They they operate like pro journalists. They're right. ridiculously well sourced. They have their facts all buttoned up. And it's good to go. And this whole idea of fact problem, fact checking, as, <laughs> as people can just post whatever crap they want on a news feed has become a problem. I mean, the amount of people that are getting their news from memes these days is absolutely insane. <laughs> like, it's almost like you live in you live in your news feed news feed right? world, and just right? somebody puts text over an image, and like, wow. Well, I mean, it's on the internet. It must be true, right? <laughs> so this whole idea of facts is big, and Google made a big play in this, right? Yeah. So they're adding fact check tags um, automatically to news articles that it's in indexing, huh. um, and they're introducing that feature at perfect timing. They're, you know, the the next and last debate for the the presidency is is tonight, yeah. and you know we're seeing over the last previous two debates how much fact checking has been needed right? Right. because you can say. The candidates have been basically saying anything yeah. during the debates, and um, the fact checkers have been having to manually do this. Yep. Um, so now Google um, is able to take all of the pieces of information that it's getting, and they can determine whether an article um, might contain fact checks. Yep. Um, using that algorithm and they evaluate those claims. It's crazy. Even other websites. It's algorithmic. Yeah. Huh. So I mean. That way you're not you're getting out of the personal biases of people yep. and you can quickly find out if something is true or not. Yep, yep. Um, so it's looking like they're, they're going to apply this label to content. This is from a Google support site. Applying the label to content. If you publish stories with fact-checking content and they give some markup that you can kind of put in there to do it. It's really cool how they, they kind of render it out here. Um, this is one. It's funny because this was an example from uh, appears to be England. 
um, where they have fact checks kind of uh, written in there. So they're showing, uh, they're talking about uh, maternity tourism is the um, obviously controversial topic in uh, England. And so they have in there three different results and then also a fact check result within there, uh, kind of how they go to do it. So you can see probably, I'm guessing this is somebody searching for it or perhaps within top stories. Mm -hmm. And they have the, the uh, you know, an article from the Independent, an article from the Telegraph, and then a fact check thing on it. Hmm. So it's kind of cool. You can see it like, within cool. the context of there, um, how they, how they kind of go about doing it to get, the, uh, to get the results in there. That has been incredibly important. So, more Google news. Yeah. Uh, they made a big announcement uh, last week. Yes, yes. Uh, a lot of this stuff um, was leaked. This was, uh, I think they called it built by Google and just getting hardcore into the Google game. And so this was all their kind of hardware developments, but I think more importantly and more uh, interestingly how they're, they're integrating Assistant with a lot of those. And the first one is this, uh, the Pixel phone um, that we're starting to see reviews come out on this week that they're saying it's, I want it so bad, it's really expensive though, man. It's like 850 bucks for the <laughs> for the one I want, but um, it was great. And you noticed the colors, what were the colors that you could yeah, choose the from colors, this phone? I, I think they made it a really nice, I mean, when you look at the phone overall, it basically looks just like an iPhone. Yeah. The design of it, the shape of it, the colors. Why are we getting to like the one true standard of phones? Like phones I think so. I think there should be this. I mean, I guess I'd ask you maybe more broadly, why is Google even getting into the hardware space? Do you think? It is. I, my personal opinion is that they um, probably just want to do it their way. Um, they want the, just kind of like they built Android to get that massive dominant market share. Um, but they just kind of want to have control over it. And their their approach has been great to let phone manufacturers do uh, whatever they want there. But I think they just want to make it like the showcase thing so they can do things like Assistant or right. VR and Daydream. Yeah, to, to, to kind of build that, not walled garden, but they're building like a, a complete vertical yeah. ecosystem yep. basically of, of all of their products. Yep. So, yeah, the colors were hilarious. Definitely a dig at, at iPhone. They have quite black Really blue. <laughs> These are official and, skew names. Yeah, right? quite black. Very silver. Yes. That's <laughs> <So, laughs> What are the iPhones colors then? Um, though I think the biggest dig that they're taking on is um, the iPhone Seven's <laughs> new color, which I think is jet black. Jet black. And then they have uh, the one that I got was just uh, silver, um, and then they have gold. They have rose gold, but I think they discontinued the space gray. Um, so I don't yeah. think they have that one anymore. They, yes, on the Google page and the color, that is your literal thing in the, the options. Quite black. Really blue is sold out. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, it's completely sold out. It's a limited edition as well. That's uh, absolutely... You know what? They're just out of names for things. <laughs> so they have to come around to that. Uh, one of the things they, they also released there was that integration with Daydream. Daydream is the virtual reality platform uh, for Google that they're developing. It comes with a controller, kind of like the Wii Remote. Uh, that's really, really cool. They didn't have any at the conference. Oh, really? Google had a huge booth, and I was you know dying to go see it. They had the Daydream sitting in like a glass box, which oh. means don't touch. And then they had a bunch of cardboard, and so you're like, I don't know. At least it's a step up from the card from cardboard, yeah. right? I yeah. Mean, it, but it's still relatively cheap. I think it was only like seventy nine bucks. Yes. I think. Plus the cost of the Pixel phone. Plus the cost of the yeah. phone. But I mean, everyone's gonna have. Of is it is it is, yeah. is it can you only use the Pixel phone with it or can you use any type of you can Android only phone? currently you can only use those Pixel phones. It is okay. what like my Nexus six P won't be able to run it. There are oh, okay. certain hardware specifications. The, the thing I learned is that 
Um, the reason why all this hardware is so expensive is that it has to be coming in at 90 frames a second or else your eye starts to get motion sickness. Your, your oh. body starts to get, they, they found that's the magical number. And that's high, man. Like a lot of the video games I play are well, not movies are at like that. 27 frames a yeah. second. So yeah. that's way up high. Really, really, really high to get in there. Um, so they, the daydream is a, it's really, it was kind of nice. It looked like, um, a pair of sneakers that, that, the, the fabric on it, um, it interfaces, it's it interfaces kind of wirelessly with the phone. The, the controller that you have is much like the Nintendo Wii remote that you can, uh, move all around and stuff to have that kind of layer on there. Uh, so that came with it. But the thing I'm most excited for is the Google home. Did you pre-order yours? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so did I. Did check it? Yeah, did check. Are they still saying... What was the... I think early shipping? November, they said. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so the Google Home is the little... It looks like an air freshener that kind of sits on your counter. Um, but it's similar to the Amazon Echo, which you have and mm-hmm. love. However, you get full access to Assistant. Yeah, you get full access to Assistant. And that, that was one of the big things. You know, we, we talked a little bit about it earlier, how the AI is going to be integrated across all of Google's devices. And I always said that yeah. it's so awkward to use the AI devices on your phone, like OK Google or yeah. Siri. Like, I just find it so weird to talk to your phone like that. Yeah. But having um, one of these assistants in your home, like say in your kitchen, for example, is so natural. Yeah. And to have... So it's going to have pretty much everything that Amazon Echo has, but you're going to get Google's AI... You're going to be able to cast things yeah. to um, your Chromecast. So the example would be play. Yeah, play this uh, video on YouTube yep. and cast it to my TV. Gotcha. Just by talking to just it. Just by talking just to by it. Us. Yeah. My kids are going to run all over this. Thing. I know. <laughs> um, does, you can also does your daughter know how to control it or anything? Else? Um, well, my daughter's just starting to speak now, yeah. but she knows. I wonder that if that'll be like one of her first. It's going to be crazy. She, know, she knows that Alexa is um, the black cylindrical <laughs> box in the kitchen. Yeah. Anytime we say Alexa do something, she turns around and looks really? at it. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. Huh. But it's like amazing to think that like she's growing up in this yeah. world and this is just going to yeah. be normal for yeah. her. It's <laughs> funny. Um, I think it's one of our coworkers knows how to put her her kid she was telling a story that her kid knows how to put herself in timeout she's like okay Alexa set the timer that's how to put it on there it's hilarious that's so funny I think the other really cool thing with home is like um, you get to do real navigation so fully integrated with Google Maps and then I think in a future update they said you can just send the directions to your phone yeah so it's just like a very natural way of interacting with your technology now the one thing, this is, from what I can tell, leaps and bounds ahead of the already great Amazon Echo. The one thing I've heard that they're trying to figure out that is a massive problem they're talking about on another podcast is how do you handle multi-users in a single environment like the mm-hmm. home? So, I, okay, Google, give me directions to work or give me the traffic to work. That's, I guess you would recognize it on voice, right? Like my wife's you voice. You train your voice, right. basically, yeah. Yeah, but and the, or then send it to my phone. You would have to then train it, like they do this the is devices my phone. or what? Right. Yeah. So I think it's, it's, a, it's definitely a problem that I think that they can solve. Yeah. But yeah. Um, other cool things that I'm really looking forward to is the 4K Chromecast. Um, this is and there's a lot of the content that's 4K right now is on YouTube. There's some great stuff on Netflix. Um, that we've been watching, but the, the content's limited, it's, yeah. you know, uh, for there, but we'll be able to get all the YouTube content going on there. Then you love Google Wi-Fi, right? Yeah. They actually, I thought it was cool that they're getting into the router game yeah. uh, as well. Why? Why? Strategically, why? I think it's just, 
they want. They're not trying to make money off the hardware, right? No, I There's don't think be... so. I don't think so. I think they want people. I think people are now inherently trusting the yeah. the the G, you know, the the Google experience basically. Um, and phones were, you know, one piece of it. I think Chromecast was an obvious huge hit. Yeah. Um, so so they they want the simplicity. They want the things that just work. Um, the real cool thing about the the router is that you know I'm sure if you, if you have kind of a, a maybe a bigger house or if you have multi floors yeah. like in a condo or something you have those dead zones yeah. and it's like so hard because this is mesh right like it'll mesh the yeah, routers so you together can buy so two a, of you can buy there. a couple they look like little right. hockey pucks basically okay I'm joining the waitlist right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> already on it and yeah. then they they basically create a wire mesh. Okay. Uh, so you can add like up to three routers in your house to create kind of like a big network just in your house. Gotcha. Oh, that's cool. The one thing I thought that was really funny coming out with this was uh, TechCrunch reported um, that they're hiring comedy writers uh, to go to go in there with assistant. And there's, I see like a lot of time people just. The only thing it seems like Siri is good for these days is um, making funny jokes about stuff. <laughs> Somebody posted, they asked it what I wanted to be for Halloween, and um, made some joke about not going or whatever. But um, so they, they're hiring, it uh, looks like they picked up uh, writers from The Onion and Pixar um, to kind of like uh, help write for Alexa, which I think is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Being able to make it more of a human thing, uh, not for Alexa, for Google Home uh, Assistant uh, to kind of go go there to do on that. Welcome back to everybody's favorite uh, segment called Bill Reads Urban Dictionary. Uh, <laughs> we are, we are How many are we done? One? Uh, yeah, one. Yeah, okay. It's, 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 but it was literally everybody's. I wish everyone could see the David Letterman style microphone that you have. <laughs> so impressive. Um, did nothing but the uh, best production that we have. Um, so last time, Bill, we had, what was the word? Um, Bill is our, the office director for Catch a Midwest. Um, knows digital backwards and forwards. However, um, we do not. I do. More than that. More than I would think. Just maybe forward. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we thought it would be uh, amazing to have Bill read Urban Dictionary uh, to do that. Did you get any last? Do you remember what the word was last time? Um, last time the word was. Uh, uh, oh, I'm forgetting it now. Turnt. Turned, turned, turned up. I've had follow-up conversations, including with my niece, who's about twenty-four, who found she, it hilarious. She, she also she 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 heard the podcast, and she also found it um, hilarious that that the origination of all of this was Netflix and chill. So yeah. <laughs> it le- leads to interesting conversations with my niece, if nothing else. <laughs> Excellent. So we have we have sourced for you another word uh, for today. Uh, we will have you read the word, speculate as to what it may mean. All right, the word you have handed me is scrollaxing. <laughs> Ooh, so it's spelled scroll and then axing. All right, so scrollaxing. Scrollaxing to me sounds a little bit like what, when I think of scrolling, I think uh, I'm, I'm on my uh-huh. computer with a mouse and scrolling down. And, of course, laxing sounds like relaxing. So I'm guessing this is, this is uh, me reading my social feeds, relaxing or checking out videos and relaxing in front of my, for most people it would be their phone, but for me it's more like my laptop. So would you be turned while you're scrollaxing? Um, what I, I mean, if you, if the scrollaxing um, were, were really intense, I suppose, <laughs> it, at some point the scrollaxing could be turned, but I, I would not say that, that uh, on the surface it would be. Scrollaxing, I'm just trying to think that, it, it, I mean, there's no, there's no relation to laxative here, it's not that, um, 
Or is there? Ben well, we, just paused. <laughs> <laughs> we prepared a sentence if you want to read, the, uh, if you flip the paper right. over. So if I flip it, I'll have the definition? Yeah. No, you have the sentence. Oh, the sentence. So used in a sentence. I'll be scrolaxing until 7, but I'll meet you at the bar at 7.30. <laughs> Does that change your opinion of it? Um, I, think, I think it's back to what I originally thought. I think I'm hanging out, uh, checking out my social feed, scrolling to see what I've got, uh, not working very hard, and getting ready for a night out at a bar at 7.30, which then could later be termed. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah I like this. <laughs> Scrollaxing is a verb to scroll through all your personal email and social media on your couch or beanbag at the end of a hard day. You find this to be an effective way to decompress or chill. Wow. I think that's pretty spot on. I think yeah. Bill got this one. What do you scroll axe to, Bill? Um, well, to mostly catch an email. <laughs> um, I, that, is I, that I relaxing? Is that, I think that would be... I, I find it uh, mostly relaxing. I mean, every once in a while, there's you know some difficult emails in there. But no, I, 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 I do that. Um uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely, I would definitely say that. I would say, um, you know, a couple of times a week, scrollaxing might be my four fantasy football teams, uh, yes. and one that I share with my son, uh, and that's that is scrollaxing. <laughs> I, I feel, uh, and and then I think Facebook and Twitter feeds are both scrollaxing as well. Excellent. I think I think this is a home run. I think that. I think Bill's one for two now. <laughs> maybe maybe the Urban Dictionary is starting to skew a little older. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to figure out what. Um, I like that one, but I got to figure out if it should stump you or if it's uh, it's better to do the ones to expound. I think you can do both, but to, <laughs> but to the point of a mid saying, let's keep score. I believe um, yeah, I am one, one for two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> excellent. Which, we'll try to see is... if we can get you down to Anthony Rizzo type batting averages. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Hope you enjoyed this show. Um, remember that you can check out the show notes and anything we talked about on Medium at the internet. And uh, you can also feel free to hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Ben Foster with a P-H-B-E-N-P-H-O-S-T-E-R. And of course, Amit's awesome Twitter handle is... A-W. Yeah. Uh, so that wraps it up for today I hope you enjoyed the show and we look forward to bringing you uh, some more amazing news here in the future have a good one <laughs>